Praise God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank you everyone for being here and I really thank God for this opportunity God has given me to be in his presence, all of us. And of course, uh, we are worshiping the Lord and uh, we are hearing from him. Yeah, both is needed. Uh, as Pastor Finney Samuel said, uh, I spent... Uh, uh, more of my time in uh, Africa. So I speak to the people who are not very good in um, Bible, but I consider it as a privilege to talk to them because they are very simple people. And I used to ask them to read their Bible because many of them are, do not have Bible and uh, many of them are not reading Bible. So I make sure that everyone who attends my meeting should take a decision to read Bible. And sometimes when I am asking the people there, how many of you have read this Bible today, this morning? Very seldom people raise their hands. And uh, my wife, Jessie, is here. Can you just stand up, Jessie, so that they can see you? <laughs> yeah. So she used to tell me, hey, don't make these people embarrassed. Yeah. You are telling that, you know, always asking how many of you, are, you have read their Bible and things like that. You go to the Malayali people and ask, how many of them have read their Bible this morning? <laughs> so should I ask that question to you today? <laughs> I'm a little afraid, so I'm not doing it. So what I say, uh, it is true that those poor people are not acquainted with the Bible, but they do not have Bible. They don't have anybody to teach their, them Bible. But it is not our case. We all have Bibles. Once I went to Mozambique in a very interior place, and I was talking about the Bible, and uh, there were people from different churches, and to my surprise, I understood. Uh, that, that's not big churches. Maybe five people, ten people in one. This, all those were forest area. So I was asking and I was really wondering to hear that three churches had only one Bible. But we have three Bibles at least in every house, right? Not three, anyway. More than that, maybe one person have three Bibles. Okay, that's good. I appreciate it. But my question, do you read it and do you meditate it? Because I used to tell them, when we pray, we speak to Jesus or God. Yeah, of course. We speak to Jesus. When we pray, we speak to Jesus. And when we sing songs, still we speak to Jesus. If you speak in tongues, the Bible says that those who speak in tongues do not speak to men but to God. That means still we speak to God. But my question, when God speaks to you, that's a real question. He speaks to you mostly when you read his book. There's a Bible. Amen. God is not speaking to you when you read Facebook, but his book. <laughs> we, we read Facebook. Sometimes I just tell them, you need to start your day with God. Because the Bible starts with three words. In the beginning, God. Okay? I'm not taking... <clears throat> Basically, I will not take passage from out of context, but there is no problem. But still, I used to tell people, this should be something that 
should encourage us, to motivate us, and to transform us. In the beginning, God. When you start your day, start it with Jesus. Not only the day, everything, we need to start with God. Because in the beginning, we need to see that God is there. So think about the day we start. In the day, in the beginning, what do we see? Uh, none of us just open our eyes, right? Uh, in our place, in Africa, uh, normally people just stretch their hands and rub their eyes. Only then they will open their eyes. I don't know whether it is the same here. It's the same here? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. What I am asking them, that even before you open your eyes, you need to see the face of God. Because there is no need for opening our physical eyes to see God. If you want to see your wife, you need to open your physical eyes. But if you want to see God, even before you open your eyes, when you're stretching your hands, speak to Jesus. Start your day with Jesus. I'm asking them. I'm not asking, you know, I'm a normal person. So I'm not asking, okay, start praying. When you wake up, you need to pray for two hours. I know that it is not going to happen. So I tell them, before you open your eyes, two minutes, speak to God and give thanks to the Lord. Thank God for his relationship. Thank God for the provisions. Thank God for the life God has given us. Start your day with thanksgiving. Two minutes, not two hours. Then, when you wake up, sit on your bed. Of course, before you leave the bed, three minutes. Surrender your life before God. I'm talking some practical things which I speak, which I teach my people in Africa. So I'm, I'm trying to say the same thing here because that is essential for everyone. So if you practice this, I'm sure that you will have an abundant life in this life. So this will certainly transform you. This has transformed me. And I certainly tell you, if you practice this, this is something very important and then certainly you will get a chance to know God much better and your life will be transformed. So start your day with God. Most of the time, you know what happens? We open our eyes. Before we open our eyes, I have seen that people just rub their eyes and their hands are going like this, you know, they are looking for the mobile phone. <laughs> right? We are not even thinking about God. So today, I have told you, especially Pastor Finney Samuel was asking me what you're going to tell. I'm talking about something that is very important, that relation is more than resources. That's what I want to tell from a very common passage that is Psalms 23. So everybody knows that passage. But I want to tell you that start your day with God. And before you go to your workplace, maybe it is to your school or to your university or to some other places where you work, make sure that you read the Bible, maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes at least, to know what God speaks to me. And meditate the scripture. It's not just really. When you read the scripture, it goes to your mind. But when you meditate the scripture, what is meditating? 
I don't want to uh, put you in trouble. Meditating is very simple. Praying and reading is meditating. That's not the, uh, what you say, definition, but practically, that's what we can do. We can read Bible. I read Bible. We all read Bible. That's there. But meditating is something different. When you read the Bible, pray and ask God, Lord, speak to me. Then you know what happens. The Spirit of the Lord, Holy Spirit, will speak to your spirit. So when you read your Bible, that goes to your mind. When you meditate the scripture, that goes to your spirit. You get my point? And then, certainly, you will love the word. I know that you will love the word. And when you love the word, it goes to your heart. Okay? And when you love the word, you will obey the word. And when you obey the word, it goes to your life. So when we read it, it goes to your mind. When you meditate it, it goes to your uh, spirit. And when you love it, it goes to your heart. And when you obey it, it goes to your life. And when it is in your life, start preaching the word. And when you start preaching the word, it goes to the life of other people. You get my point? This is what I want to tell as an introduction because we all need to follow this kind of discipline. You know, we are all disciples. We are called disciples, right? A disciple is a person who has discipline. What is a discipline? It's not just uh, something that we think, but the discipline is, is you know, uh, reading. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about reading the Bible and living the Bible. That's very important. We need to read the Bible Love the Bible and live the Bible. I used to tell people, if you cannot live it, leave it. Either you live it or just leave. Why? You should be in trouble. You know what I am asking? I don't think that I am a very rude person. Maybe sometimes. Sometimes people tell me, Saju, you are so rude. Your words are very hard. I said, this is the same thing people said about Jesus. <laughs> When Jesus was speaking, people said, oh, it's a hard saying, who can follow it? Yeah, I'm happy. But I don't just want to put you in trouble. I love you. And even when Jesus was telling it, he was not, it was not a rude word. But, you know, that was very essential. It was, Jesus was an uncompromising fellow. That's all. Uncompromising. You know why? He loves everybody, but at the same time, he wants to see that people are following him in the right way. That's all. So when your pastor speaks some uh, very hard word, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. He says it because he loves you. You see, there are two things I used to tell. There are people who preach what people like. And there are people who preach the word what people need. This is different. I'm basically a journalist by profession. And uh, once there was a talk among uh, the editors, and uh, somebody said, oh, more people are reading our newspaper because we give what people want or people need. And my uh, friend who, was, who studied with me in journalism, he was, an, uh, he was a lawyer, but he studied journalism later. So he said, sir, no, that is not true. It is not because you give what people need that you have more circulation, it is because you give what people like. So even the preachers, 
even the preachers if the preacher preaches what people like more people will come to his meeting but what is needed is what people need so jesus is always giving what people need is not what people like i used to tell if you're diabetic you like uh, all the sweets like jalebi jalebi and things like that so you like it so your neighbor is coming and he is coming with 1 kilogram jalebi and your face is uh, uh, shining like a morning star so you you get everything and after that you know what happened your wife comes and she gives a full glass of sour juice you understand who loves you and who likes who you know who gives you what you want or need it is your wife maybe it is little bitter right so she gives bitter juice not because he she doesn't love you because she loves you because she love you that's the reason why she is giving bitter juice it's the same it's the same many times you know people from india comes here and they give you very interesting and uh, what do you say words that makes you happy yeah but if you truly love the people you will give what people need that's what i i want to say so this is a passage that we all know uh, by heart most of the people know it by heart the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores you my, my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever it's a very comforting very comforting psalm right everybody likes it and when even when i preach it uh, i have a tendency to tell about what god has provided you all the resources and things like that the lord is my shepherd i will have everything this is the impression that we get uh, i'm not telling that you will not get anything but most people like to preach it in that way but i want to tell it in a different way the lord is my shepherd and because the lord is my shepherd i will get everything in this world that's what the impression we have when we read this passage am i right yeah good but i tell you that is not exactly what the psalmist says he says that because the lord is my shepherd uh i have no wants or i'm i'm happy once you know a small boy was asked by somebody to uh, his uh, he wanted to recite psalms 1 he came to the stage a small boy and uh, he started reciting it and he said the lord is my shepherd but he forgot the rest of the uh, passage so he said the lord is my shepherd uh, the, the, the the lord is my shepherd but he couldn't remember the rest of the passage again he said the lord is my shepherd and he was standing like this for 2 minutes and then he said yeah the lord is my shepherd and that's enough 
that's a story but <laughs> that's exactly the meaning of this passage the lord is my shepherd and that's enough i do not have any want i am happy i am satisfied i am content that is exactly the meaning of this passage but most of the time when we read it we think that you know oh the lord is my shepherd i'm going to get everything in this world and because that's what we hear in the television everywhere everywhere we hear this kind of prosperity preaching you get mine once you know that one of the big big prosperity preacher uh, he's my friend even though i'm not a prosperity preacher uh, i have many friends there you know having friendship is something different maybe our theology will be different but you know we keep i keep uh, friendship with uh, or relationship i'm not uh, if they are sincere otherwise i don't have friendship of course he's a sincere man but he is a uh, prosperity preacher and once when we were talking he said saju we all are prosperity preachers and you are a poverty preacher <laughs> i said pastor no that is not true i'm not a poverty preacher <laughs> Uh, but i'm not preaching poverty i am preaching contentment in malayalam i was telling to him that yan samruthiyude prasangaganalla yan samdruptiyude prasangaganalana you see the difference i'm not preaching prosperity i'm preaching contentment so there's a great value uh, in understanding that the biggest christian virtue is not prosperity or anything it is contentment it is contentment so many times we do not uh, get that point but that is the thing the lord is my shepherd and that's enough means because the lord is my shepherd i'm content with that he is not talking about the resources rather of course he is tell something but it is it is it, it i'm content with my shepherd that's the thing i'm content with my shepherd i'm not uh, he's not saying that i'm content with what he is giving uh, all the big houses and cars and this and that and a lot of things i'm not against having a car or even i have a car i have a house you know what i say but when you are delighting in your car or in your house you're not a true christian that's what i believe i used to tell people i'm telling little what do you say things that you can just note down note down means you know not just in the uh, in the paper but whenever we are going through things you know we we have many things in our life three three things i'm not saying it things but you know three things are coming to our in front of us first it is god this is also another message maybe half an hour is needed to explain this but i tell you god and others your brothers and sisters or the people and things what should be our response to these three things very simple about god worship that is the only response a man can have towards god worship when you meet god worship him and people love them that's the only thing you can do you need to do and you can do to the to others worship god love people 
and things use things you understand what i say worship god love people use things but the problem for us many times we love things and use people you get the point this should never happen if you have a car it's only a thing use it don't love it if you have a house use it don't love it these are very practical things we need to follow because in these days it's not only outside people even believers born again christians they started loving things and using people so what happens we are losing relationship even we are not worshiping god we are using god you see why people are coming to the church many times they are using god lord give me give me give me this give me that bless me give me give me bless me bless me this is the prayer that we make every time give me give me bless me bless me so when your relationship is with resources that's what i say relationship and resources when you are loving resources your prayer will be give me give me and bless me bless me but when you have relationship you know what you say to jesus jesus take me take me so instead of give me give me i start praying take me take me that's what in these days we need to pray take me that means i do not want to have anything in this world i do not want to have my own selfish interest in my life even i give myself to you so i am content with my shepherd of course he is a good shepherd and because he is my shepherd he provides things for me you get me because he is my shepherd you know that's what we see here the uh, uh, the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he then what he says he says he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters what do we see here the shepherd is making this um sheep lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters what a sheep needs they need to eat something they need to drink water these are the things what is needed for a sheep so when uh food water maybe in these days we we may say that shelter that's also needed okay but uh the sh- and when G- when god is your shepherd then certainly god will provide these things to you i am not against that green pastures and still waters what else we need or even shelter in fact these are the needs we have needs we have comforts we have luxury certainly god will provide all your needs and sometimes god will give you comforts it's not a bad thing to have comfort but going for luxury then you start loving things and you start living for when you love things you will live for things that's a big issue 
That's the reason why we need to be very careful, very careful. I always tell people, God will provide all your needs. If he gives some comforts, enjoy it. But don't move to the other side of the comforts because you will fall into luxury. So keep yourself between the needs and comforts. So that's the, the golden mean, something like that, you know, walking through that path. Maybe you'll ask, food and uh, uh, water, drink, is it enough? Yes. I'm not against that. When, where do, where do you stay? The sheep stays with the shepherd. That's what we need to understand. The sheep stays with the shepherd. So certainly God will provide these things. And maybe God will give you a house. But I tell you, make sure that that is the house of the shepherd. If God gives you, you know, most of the time the thing that happens, when we get a house, we think, my house. My house. Then, you know, you have lost your spirituality because you are more concerned about your house than your shepherd. You know, where is security? Where is, where is your security? It is not when you have a big house, but security is where you are lying down where the shepherd is the door. So that is more important. So I want to see that I'm having a house and the Lord is, you know, in those days, the shepherd will lead. You know, I'm, I'm working among the Maasai people. A person knows Maasai people. I go to the Maasai churches. Maasai, they are all, uh, what do you say, uh, shepherds. And only when I went to Africa, I have seen the biblical pattern of uh, tending sheep and things like that. But in India, we have sheep in our cattle shed, you know. That's the only thing that we see. But here, the Maasai people, they go with 100 sheep. And one Maasai, that is the shepherd. And when I preached to them, I, I used to say that, you know, even Jesus was a great Maasai. David was a Maasai. <laughs> so what I'm saying, those people know how to handle the sheep. The sheep, after eating, it comes back to the uh, place where it is uh, kept and if it is in the jungle you know what is happening the shepherd will sleep at the door and he becomes the door you know why no wild animal no thief can go in without waking him up that's why that's why Jesus said I'm the door I'm the door of course you are he, he keeps you safe and these Maasai people, they don't even fear lions. They kill lions. Nowadays, government is very strict. They said, please don't kill lions. We don't have enough lions. Otherwise, you know, it is very easy for them to kill a lion. And they are not fear, feared of the lions, the Maasai people. But the lions are feared of the Maasais. And if you... Look at the Google, Maasai and lion, something like that. You will know that when the lions are seeing the Maasai, the lion will <laughs> stoop down and it will walk away. Because the Maasai people, they jump very high. When the, uh, the lion uh, start coming, jumping, you know, it will start higher than the lion 
and uh, they will sit on the shoulder of the lion and kill it with one strike it's normal it is normal that's what i say so you need to be uh, be careful when you have a house don't think that this house will meet give me security no who gives you security it is the shepherd so in fact uh, um the shepherd uh, is with the sheep all the time that's what we see it is with the sheep all the time so he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me to still waters that is all there and uh, of course uh, the ship when you have a house you know god gives you all the needs i used to tell god has clearly said that he will fulfill all the needs my god shall supply all your needs not greeds that's the thing all these prosperity preachers they say he will fulfill all your desires or greeds so it is telling uh, tell any of your greeds no it is not the greed but it is need so the lord is my shepherd and he gives me everything and verse 3 says he restores my soul and leads me in the paths of righteousness for his sake i love this passage now why because many times the gospel preachers are preaching only about the privileges that's why i tell i i told you even now i told you uh, they want to make you happy so they talk, always talk about the privileges that we have when uh, god is my shepherd but you know what this samus says he leads me to still waters he makes me lie down in green pastures and he gives me everything he gives me shelter but he restores my soul it doesn't speak about the the physical sheep because it doesn't have a soul or something what the sheep needs the sheep needs only water food and shelter but the sami says he restores my soul so when you say god is my shepherd jesus is my shepherd it should deal with your soul or your spirit we are not just physical beings we are spiritual beings and that is the most important thing god created man in his own image and likeness what is image and likeness is a spirit god is spirit and we also are spiritual beings but we have a body that's only secondary sometimes we say ah everything is good but remember that you have a spirit also but i tell that's not the biblical terminology that we need to use make sure or remember that you have also a body you're a spiritual being but you have a body also and god provides everything that is needed for the body but it is not just food and drink but he restores my soul my soul the most important thing we need food water shelter everything but the most important thing is restoration of our soul that is relationship restoration of our, of our soul we get give rest we, he will give us rest and even in matthew chapter 11 jesus said all those who are heavy laden come to me i will give you rest 
so what he is offering he is not offering i will give you money i will give you you know never jesus offered something like that he is always you know his offer is rest for your soul that's the most important thing but nowadays preachers are not preaching about uh eternity and your soul and things like that he restores my soul what christ offers in preachers are offering you car car means not just one car or big car and things like that bigger car bigger house i told you if god gives you don't love it use it okay things you should never use you you should never love things only use it so in these days what we hear from every almost every preachers they're preaching that god will give you give you give you give you this 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 and jesus never offered anything that kind of things or maybe you will say hundredfold he he offered right hundredfold yes if you give up your father your mother your brother your sister your houses your land he will give you hundredfold okay what you are leaving your father your mother your brother your sister so what he is going to give you he will give you hundred mother hundred mothers hundred brothers hundred sisters so have you ever seen somebody saying lord give me hundred mothers i will take care of them ah nobody is saying hallelujah nothing <laughs> you see we our mind is contaminated with all these kind of ungodly things that's the thing we need to be content with what we have in first timothy chapter 6 we see that religion with contentment or godliness with contentment is of great value you see i'm not talking many thing about that but what is the most important thing what is the most spiritual thing being content with what you have be content with what you have that's the most important thing and here it speaks about relationship relationship and uh, he leads me the shepherd is not only providing but also he's he's leading you that's why i said i'm not just talking about privileges i'm talking about responsibilities the biggest problem that happened to this days uh, christianity it always speak about privileges never speaks about responsibilities even in the churches so we all come for privileges what is your responsibility he leads you so you need to walk in the path of righteousness i sometimes ask what is the proof that the lord is my shepherd when you walk in the path of righteousness amen that is the proof so you need to see that you are walking in the path of righteousness and i am going very fast uh then you know uh, he leads me through the path of uh, righteousness in the source my soul he leads me the path of righteousness for his name sake uh, many things to say about that but the law, the shepherd provides and the shepherd uh, leads and uh, righteous path you are going through the righteous path for his name's sake 
You know why the name of the Lord is blasphemed among the Gentiles? It's because we are not walking in the path of righteousness. That's what people speak. As Dr. Radhakrishnan, the first president of India, he said, Christians are ordinary people with extraordinary claims. We have many extraordinary claims, but we live an ordinary life. No, we need to be extraordinary people. We need to see that we are walking in the path of righteousness. But what I am saying, the next verse it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, eh? what does it mean? Even if you walk in the path of righteousness, that doesn't mean that you will never go through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes great disaster happens in the life of righteous people, not just among the people who are unrighteous and sinners. You get my point? Sometimes people ask, oh, God will not do anything, any harm in my life because I am following a right, the, the righteous path. And the, Of course, this is something different. So what happens in our life, it is decided by God. Even, when, even if I walk through the path of, or the valley of the shadow of death, it can happen in anybody's life. That happened in my life also many times. I've been meeting death face to face because of persecution. People wanted to kill me sometime. And also because of many of the diseases from the mission field. I, even the doctors many times talk, looked at my face and said, we are sorry, you're going to die. But it is not in their hands. Something different. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil. Why? And what is evil? It doesn't mean, it doesn't say that you will not die. That is the prosperity preacher says. You will not die. But the psalmist says, even if I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. So what is the real disaster? The disaster is not death. The disaster is the absence of my shepherd. I fear no evil because you are with me. You are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. That's the only thing I'm looking for. Even when I was meeting death face to face, everybody said I'm going to die. I looked at the face of Jesus and said, I don't care. I'm with you here and if I die, I'll be with God. Once you know, me, my wife, my children, all were in a jeep and many people came and they wanted to, they destroyed the car and they wanted to burn the car. And we just prayed for one minute and all those people were talking to their leaders whether they can burn the car. And uh, my wife just called me, why you are snoring? Because I was sleeping. Hey, what kind of man you are? 50, 70 people are there to kill you and you are sleeping. I asked her, what else I can do? This is the only thing I can do now. I, <laughs> the only thing I can do is sleeping. If they let us go, we will go to the mission station. Otherwise, together we will go to the, our eternal home. That's all. I'm not just talking something uh, from the books. I'm talking all these things from my own experience. You see, you are with me. That's the only thing I am praying. I pray always, Lord, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, don't leave me alone. I want you to be with me. And uh, 
then uh, your rod and staff comforts me rod and staff rod and staff are two different things two it's wood in fact you know, it is made of wood rod uh, the the staff uh, it helps uh, the shepherd to lower the uh, branches of the tree so that the uh, sheep can eat but the rod is something that he will beat the sheep if it goes astray so rod and staff both these things are in christian life the shepherd has a staff always helping us but he has a rod also but you know what the psalmist says both these things are comforting me it is not only the staff but also the rod you know when we are disciplined by god it is a comfort can you say that my friends it's a comfort and uh, finally he you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies yeah it is a table prepared by god not that i am uh, gathering all the things and coming and eating and things like that it's god's work everything is god's work i used to hear uh, i used to tell a story one small boy in the house he was a naughty guy and you know his father said today you are not going to eat with us you eat alone so a small table uh, and uh, was giving food and before food he needs to pray and the boy and the father mother his brother sister sitting on the other table and eating and he was alone and he started praying lord thank you for preparing a table before my enemies <laughs> so, this is not the case you know what i am saying when your enemies say you are <clears throat> lost and you got you, you lost everything no our god will not make us lose he will prepare a table before your enemies so let us thank god for that and uh, he anoints with me and my cup overflows overflows means when your cup is full it is for you but when your cup overflows it is not for you it is for others so whenever you get something more than you need make sure that it is not for me it is for others you get my point my friends okay i told you a lot of time is needed surely goodness and mercy shall follow me in all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever so goodness and mercy shall follow me it's not that i will go after goodness and mercy you get me it will follow me a true sheep of the shepherd doesn't seek these things that's the reason why do not seek seek only the kingdom of god right you seek the kingdom of god it is the gentiles who is seeking what shall what shall i eat and what shall it's all uh, it is it is the the people who are the gentiles who are seeking all these things what about us you seek the kingdom of god and its righteousness and these things these things means don't say these things it is clearly written three things three times it is said all these things what do not Uh, think about what you will eat and what you will drink all these things the gentiles are seeking and your heavenly father knows you need all these things and you seek the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you all these things means sometimes you know our hand goes like this all these things 
No. Things for your eating, your drinking, your shelter, what do you wear? Don't worry about that. You seek the kingdom of God. You seek the kingdom of God. And sometimes say, people say, yes, I seek the kingdom of God first. Second, my things, no. There is nothing like that. You seek the kingdom of God first, tenth time, hundred time, you seek the kingdom of God. The rest of the things is done by God. You get my point. But what is my responsibility? It says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is my responsibility. The other things Jesus, God will provide, but I make sure that I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Close your eyes one minute. Lord, we are content with what we have and what you have given us a God. We are not just looking for the resources. We are looking for relationship. Lord, we are happy because you are the shepherd. And it is not what we have, but who you are for us. That's the thing that makes us content. It is not just resources of God. Lord, we just want to see that we are always following you, a God, in the righteous path. No unrighteousness should come in our life. Lord, let thy name shall not be blasphemed because of my unrighteousness in this world of God. I want to see that, Lord, your name is glorified through my life. And I want to see that, Lord, even when I am walking through the righteousness, righteous path, maybe sometimes I need to go through the valley of the shadow of the death, but still, I will not fear any evil because... You are with me. What I need is your presence. I understand the, the biggest disaster is the absence of my shepherd. That should not happen in my life. Every moment of my life, I need to be with my shepherd. Help me, Jesus, that you may comfort me with your staff and rod. Even your rod, your discipline is comfort for me, O God. I want to see that my soul finds rest in you, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.